We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today's Thursday, November the 26th, 2020. On today's show, I break down Saturday's game. Can the Gamecocks do the unthinkable yet again and shock the college football world as South Carolina welcomes the Georgia Bulldogs to williams Bryce Stadium? I'll break down the dogs in their entirety. Also give you guys top storylines, key matchups to watch, keys to the game, much, much more as South Carolina gets set to do battle against Georgia. Also, your listener questions, voicemails, and we do have a fantastic conversation. John Strickland, former Gamecocks offensive lineman. If you guys remember, he was on the show about a year ago to the date. He comes on, though, talks to me more so about the current coaching search, the Letterman call that was this past Saturday, what he wants to see from the next head football coach. We also throw some names back and forth, talk about the current top names for the Gamecocks. Who will be the Gamecocks' next head football coach? John joins me to try to sort through the madness. That is the coaching search right now, guys. So sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. So they're not a trucking company. They are a moving services company, and they're employee-owned co-op. So their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is just as invested in the success of the project as you are. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They are founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management and moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate, you're in the state of South Carolina, for all of your moving needs, be sure to contact my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group. And of course, their website, upstatemoversgroup.com. That is upstatemoversgroup.com. The show is also brought to you by our friends over at Southern Oaks Remodeling. Guys, Southern Oaks Remodeling, locally and family owned, over 15 years of experience. They specialize in roofing, windows, doors, siding, and additions, and they're serving the greater Columbia area. Oh, by the way, guys, another Gamecock-owned small business. So Gamecocks helping Gamecocks. We're all about that here on the Spurs Up Show. Guys, again, it is the holiday season. It's the perfect time. If you have any remodeling project in mind, no matter what it is, again, they do roofing, windows, doors, siding, additions. They can do literally anything and everything for you. 
And the people and the service is what separates them from their competition, guys. Again, over 15 years of experience, so you know they're going to take care of you locally and family-owned, and you can feel that difference when you talk to Southern Oak Tree Modeling as well. You can check them out via social media, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. They also have their website, but give them a call today if you have any questions. 803-899-0284. Again, that's 803-899-0284. Give them a call and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. the Spurs Up show as always. Guys, let me be the first, if nobody has done so yet, to wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Hope you're all having a fantastic day. And if you're taking time out of your Thanksgiving, by the way, to tune in to hear the sound of my voice, I truly do appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. Hope you're all, again, having a fantastic Thanksgiving, getting your fill in regards to food, football, and family. Um, I know I'm really excited to eat some Thanksgiving turkey, some Thanksgiving ham. I, I do love some sweet potato as well. Oh, I can't wait. The stuffing, the dressing, whatever you call it, whatever your family has. Again, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. But, hey, you know what? It is a holiday. You say, Chris, why don't we take the day off? It's still Georgia week, baby. We still got to talk about the dogs. The Gamecocks try to pull another big upset. Do the unthinkable. Can South Carolina do it yet again? But, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I, I will say on this Thanksgiving, and, again, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. And to everyone around you, wish you nothing all but happiness, health, safety, all that good stuff. And I will say on this Thanksgiving, we all talk about at Thanksgiving what we're thankful for. I am very, very thankful for each and every one of you. The Spurs Up Show has the best fans in the entire world, guys. Thank you guys so much for the continuous love, support, you guys sharing the content, consuming the content. Again, thank you guys. A major thank you so much to all of you that take the time to tune in each and every single day. Um, and you guys truly make it a joy to do this. And with that being said, I'm very, very excited because, again, it is rivalry week, quote-unquote, in a sense. Now, normally this is supposed to be when South Carolina would take on the Clemson Tigers. But, hey, if you can't play Clemson, this is your second-best option right here, guys. I mean, taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia, a team that I absolutely loathe and hate with a passion. Can't wait to talk about it. Again, Gamecocks taking on the Dogs this Saturday. Let's dive into it. 7.30 kickoff at Williams-Brice on the SEC Network. We've already talked yesterday. The best bet, Georgia, a 20-and-a-half point favorite in this one. The over-under set at 49-and-a-half. The series history, Georgia leads 51-19-2. And, and the last time they met, guys, last year, who can forget the 20-17 to 17 South Carolina win, I would argue probably the biggest upset win in school history. You know, I talked about that line, too, Georgia being a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. If you remember correctly, Georgia was a 24-and-a-half-point favorite last year. So, hey, you never know. We always say Vegas knows. Georgia-South Carolina is one of those games where it feels like it's a true rivalry game in the sense you can truly throw the records, all the stats out the window when these two teams go on the field. So we'll see if it happens again. Uh, breaking on the dogs, Kirby Smart, obviously their head coach. Georgia right now, 5-2 and two overall, losses to Florida and Bama. They currently sit 
ninth in the college football playoff rankings that were just released on Tuesday night. Some really interesting stats regarding the dogs, and most of them come around the defensive side of the ball because, listen, Georgia defensively, I think, and I've said this even in the preseason, I think they're one of the best defenses in the entire country, Um, allowing just 2.5 yards per carry, which is an elite number. Now, granted, they are offering they they are allowing 275 yards per game passing, 275 yards per game through the air, but just 2.5 yards per rush. It'd be interesting to see because something's got to give. We know South Carolina is going to try to run the football. Can they do it? Also, Georgia has done a really really good job getting to the quarterback. 20 sacks on the season for the Bulldogs. Can the Gamecocks keep their quarterback upright? As we move into top storylines, that's where I begin. The top storylines for me, and definitely the top storyline and the thing we're all looking forward to going into this game, QB1. Who is QB1? Does the true freshman Luke Doty get the first start of his Gamecocks career? Now, Mike Bobo has not come out and said who the starter is. Mike Bobo has said, we know who the starting quarterback is. We're going to keep it in-house, keep it behind closed doors. That, to me, screams that Luke Doty will be the starter. Because, listen, if Colin Hill was going to be your starter – why wouldn't you just say it? You know, why wouldn't you just say Colin Hill is our guy and go from there? So I'm rolling with, I think Luke Doty is going to be the guy. I, I think Luke Doty is going to be QB1, and uh, I, I think fans are probably going to riot and revolt if Colin Hill goes out there to take the uh, the opening snaps in this football game. And no, QB1, the quarterback position, you know, it, it was crazy. Again, I was in the stadium last week watching the Gamecocks take on Missouri. Um and we all know how that first half went. You had 68 total yards of offense, couldn't get anything going. Colin Hill is, you know, has no time to throw, and he can't get out of the pocket. He has no elusiveness whatsoever. Inserting Luke Doty in that football game, bringing just a whole new spark, not just to the offense, but to the entire team as well. What can he do on Saturday if he is indeed the starting quarterback, which, again, I think he will be. I think Luke Doty certainly provides a spark a sense of energy. I know certainly I'll be sitting up in my seat more so than I normally would if Luke Doty's in the football game. But you think to yourself, man, this true freshman going to get his first career start against Georgia. And I thought Alex McGrath earlier this week made a fantastic point, though, when I said, man, I I really hate that's going to be Luke Doty's first start. His response was, you know who doesn't hate it? Luke Doty. This is what you grow up dreaming about to get a start in a game like this. You're in the backyard as a kid saying, I'm starting against the Georgia Bulldogs and the Gamecocks starting quarterback. Like, this is what you dream about. This is what Luke Doty was envisioning a year ago when he's at Myrtle Beach High School. So, who gets the start at quarterback? And if it is Luke Doty, what can he do for South Carolina? What type of spark can he provide the Gamecocks offensively? Because, again, you're obviously going in this one down your best playmaker in Shy Smith. Yes, you have Kevin Harris, but the options outside are very limited, which I think I think provides more reason why Luke Doty should be the starter. You're going to have to be creative offensively. And, again, we all understand the task at hand with South Carolina going up against that Georgia defense, which I think, again, one of the best in the entire country. So having a guy like Luke Doty in there, I think, guys, is an absolute must. I think it's a must, and again, it will be really interesting to see. Does that leak Friday, late Friday? Do we hear anything Saturday before the game? I'll be really, really interested to see because Mike Bobo said that they know who the starter is. Like I said earlier, they know who it is. They said the starter took all of the first-team reps on Tuesday. Who is that guy? Going to be very interesting to see who trots out there for South Carolina. Sticking with the quarterback position, another top storyline in this football game. You look at the Georgia side of things, the insertion 
of JT Daniels for the University of Georgia. Finally get some action last week. The, the former Southern Cal Trojan, former five-star quarterback recruit. All he does is come in for Georgia last week and throw for 400 yards. I think he threw for four or five touchdowns. Had an incredible game against Mississippi State. Can South Carolina defensively, again, you put up a valiant effort last week against the Missouri Tigers, but this is a different animal. This is a different beast. Can South Carolina's defensive backs and their defense as a whole withstand this Georgia attack? Again, you still got Zamir White, who's a fantastic running back. I know Georgia didn't run the football very well last week, but you know Georgia teams are built. That backbone is the running game. No question. And then you got JT Daniels now who averaged over 10 yards per completion last week. Can South Carolina's defense hold up and withstand that Georgia attack? Because, again, I think think JT Daniels has been the best quarterback on the roster all season long. I don't know what took Georgia so long to get him in there in place of Stetson Bennett. I think the whole Stetson Bennett thing was a fantastic story. Um, The kid being a a walk-on or whatever and getting his shot and reminded us very much of Perry Orth, but – you know, JT Daniels was a five-star quarterback for a reason. So I'm surprised it took him this long to get him in. But again, can South kind of, because your, your defense is going to have to give you a valiant effort to have a chance in this football game. Kind of something similar to last year, where you're able to get the ball off of Georgia three, four times and give yourself a chance to win. So what type of game does JT Daniels have in his second game for Georgia? And can South Carolina defensively maybe cause some problems for him? And again, that, that leads me to my next storyline, which is, again, the young secondary. Like I said, your, your guys really fought, scratched, and clawed last week. I, I thought they really, you know, stepped up to the plate and gave it all they could. And I thought you saw guys like Cam Smith play well, Johnny Dixon play well, Jamie Robinson play well. I thought you saw some of these young guys for South going to really step up their game. But this is a different animal. Georgia's a different animal. Is the young secondary for South Carolina ready to go against the dogs? You know, George Pickens, one of the best receivers in the entire country. Jermaine Burton, Kyrus Jackson, those two guys are actually leading Pickens. James Cook, Demetrius Robinson, Trey McKitty, they have weapons on the outside at Georgia. They've obviously recruited extremely well. Can those young defensive backs, again, no JC, no Izzy. We all remember Izzy's game last year against the Dogs in Athens, his signature game. Can your young secondary hold up in this football game? Another big storyline for South Carolina, Kevin Harris, the chase to 1,000 yards. Kevin Harris now at 875 total yards. Is this the game that Kevin hits? You know, I'd love to see it. Obviously, we all would. Um, Gamecocks haven't had a thousand yard rusher since 2014 when Mike Davis did it, obviously did not have his best game last game. Uh, neither did the entire offense. I, it, it was, it was tough sledding for the entire Gamecocks offense last week against Mizzou. Um, is this the game that Kevin Harris breaks that thousand yard mark against South Carolina is going to have to lean on him. Um, you're going to have to lean on Kevin Harris. You know, I told you guys before the season, I didn't think there'd be a game that South Carolina won this year where they don't rush for over a hundred yards, getting Kevin Harris going as we all know, is an absolute must. And again, I'll be really excited to see, like I said, 875 yards, just 125 away from 1,000. Is this the game? Is this the game 
that Kevin Harris gets the job done. We'll see. Uh, another big storyline here and a crazy stat going in this game, by the way. The night game woes for South Carolina this year, and it's so ironic and almost also almost like cruel and unusual punishment that the year that fans can't really go to games is the year South Carolina's had all these night games. This is the sixth night game of the season. I mean, it's crazy. The Gamecocks are 0-5 in night games. I don't know what the deal has been in night games for South Carolina, but they have not fared well. And then you look at this Georgia game, and obviously we all know that the, the task at hand, the challenge. Can South Carolina somehow, someway snap out of this funk that they have going on in night games? I, I, I just think it's crazy how bad they've been under the lights. Whether it be at Willie B, whether it be on the road, it hasn't mattered. So, will the night game woes continue on Saturday night? Another top storyline, and it focuses on the health, and I would say more so the availability on South Carolina's roster, because right now it's a banged-up bunch of Gamecocks. I mean, you have got a ton of defensive players out, whether it be from opt-out injuries. Then you have Shy Smith go down with a concussion. You know, you hear Mike Bobo talk about Nick Muse is banged up. You know, Jalen Brooks is banged up. This guy, that guy. It's just like, holy smokes. How, are the game, how do the Gamecocks even have enough to field a team? How is it even possible? So what does the roster, honestly, what does the roster look like Saturday night? Who's available? Who's not available? Will South going to have enough to go and make a game of it? <laughs> I mean, hey, all we need is 22, but damn, you need some depth. And South Carolina is, is, is feeling very, very thin right now. So it is a banged up bunch of Gamecocks for sure. Finally, guys, before we move into key matchups, the top one of the, you know, my last storyline and one of the top storylines, of course, is this. We all know what happened last year. We all know what happened. You know, South Carolina going to Athens, nobody thought you would win. I remember saying last year, I felt strangely optimistic going into that game. And I don't know why I did, but I did. I felt weirdly optimistic. And, you know, I, I, my best bet last year, I remember specifically, was South Carolina plus 24 and a half. I was like, you know what? I think South Carolina will go toe to toe. They'll battle. They'll make a game of it. And, of course, Nobody saw what happened on the field. You know, Izzy McQuamu's three-interception game, taking them down to the wire, going to overtime, and winning 20-17. to 17. And my final storyline, and one of the top storylines, is this. Can South Carolina simply do the unthinkable yet again? Is it possible? Is it probable? No. But is it possible? Again, everything is going against you in this football game. You fired your head coach. You have questions at the quarterback position. Even though you feel like there's upside with Luke Doty, you, you still have questions. You, you're probably going to be starting a true freshman quarterback against Georgia's defense. You don't have your top weapon on the outside. You're banged up on the defensive side. Everything's going against you in this football game. But it's like I told you guys earlier, this is a rivalry game. Whether Georgia fans want to admit that or not, which I don't see why they, would, they, why they wouldn't admit that. But this is a rivalry game. Okay? When these two teams get on the field, you throw out all the stats, you throw out the records. It's weird how close these games normally are. It doesn't matter the type of seasons that Georgia and or South Carolina have. This game is always close. 
And I think for a lot of South Carolina fans, that's where they're going to draw their sense of hope and optimism from. Because again, you look at this matchup on paper, it is not favorable. I mean, there's no getting around that. It's not a favorable matchup for South Carolina in any, in any capacity. But again, when it's South Carolina, Georgia, you just simply never know. Can the Gamecocks put together their best performance of this 2020 season? Because again, nothing would tickle me more or tickle any of you more than to ruin Georgia's season. 100%. Would be nothing better than to ruin Georgia's season. Because obviously the dogs right now still fighting to maybe get to Atlanta, um, you know, fighting to maybe get in the playoff, to just squash those dreams and ruin those hopes. For the second year in a row, I might add you, oh, there'd be nothing sweeter. There'd be nothing sweeter. So again, can South Carolina... Do the unthinkable yet again. We'll see. All right, let's dive into key matchups to watch, guys. My key matchups to watch, and they're presented to you by our friends over at Yardware. Today's show is brought to you by Yardware as well. Guys, Yardware is a veteran-owned and operating company licensed by the University of South Carolina, selling must-have Carolina yard and wall signs. Guys, these signs are made out of 12-gauge laser-cut steel, and they come in both garnet and black. Football season's in full swing. Christmas is right around the corner, guys. These are a must-have for any Gamecock fan. If you haven't seen also, by the way, we are doing a, a giveaway, a Yardware Signs giveaway on Instagram and Facebook. Rules to be eligible are on those respective social media sites, but we are giving away a free sign. So again, if you have not done so, if you have not participated, be sure to do that. But hey, go buy yourself a sign, whether it be yourself, your family member, your friend, whatever, guys. This is the perfect gift for any Gamecock fan. Obviously, I've got mine in my studio. You guys have seen it a ton. These things are absolutely awesome. The detail, the quality, they really stand out. I mean, it's a phenomenal piece. There's just really no other way to put it. And you can put it anywhere. Your yard, your studio, your office, your man cave, your garage, your living room, dining room, bedroom, wherever. It's a must-have. It is an absolute must have guys check them out on social media at yardware signs that's at yardware signs and you can order your sign today yardware that is yardware signs.com all right let's dive in these key matches to watch guys i've been talking a lot about quarterbacks we're going to start at the quarterback position because i think luke doty is going to get the start i think luke doty is going to play if not all the snaps, the majority of the snaps. I think he should play all the snaps. I'm sure you think he should play all the snaps. You never know what Mike Bobo is going to do. But my first key matchup is going to center around Luke Doty because, again, Luke Doty is going to be a major factor in this football game. And my first key matchup is quarterback Luke Doty against linebacker Aziz Ojolari. Aziz Ojolari for the Dogs has been an absolute menace on the defensive side. Seven and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks. He's done a fantastic job for Georgia just being a disruptor, flat out, Luke Doty's athleticism and his legs is going to be a huge difference maker in this football game. You know, we saw last week, three or four separate times, Luke Doty back there, a play that with any other quarterback on the roster in the game would have been a sack, would have been a negative play. Luke Doty's able to make a guy miss, get up the field for eight yards, get up the field for 12 yards. 17 yards, whatever it is. Luke Doty's athleticism going against a guy like Aziz Ojolari and really that entire Georgia defense. Can Luke Doty do enough with his legs? Because, again, he can throw the football. We know the kid's got a good arm, but I think his legs are going to be the difference in this one. Can Luke Doty do enough in regards to his escapability, his athleticism, to give South Carolina a chance offensively? Let's move to our second key matchup. Linebacker Ernest Jones against running back 
Zamir White. Guys, it's, it's Georgia, okay? We can talk about JT Daniels and the passing game and this and that, but the backbone of Georgia for years and years and probably will continue to be is the stable of running backs they offer. Zamir, Zamir White, no exception to that. 530 yards, seven touchdowns for Zamir. Obviously, we know what Ernest Jones has done on the South Carolina side of things. The leader on your defense. Vocally, does it by example as well. The way he plays the game, plays every play like it's his last. Ernest Jones is going to need to be that run stopper for South Carolina. Because listen, here's the thing. It's going to be a tall task either way, but you got to make Georgia one-dimensional. You got to take something away. You either got to take away the running game or you got to take away the passing game. You can't let them do both, okay? You cannot let them do both. So a guy like Ernest Jones is going to be a major, major factor in this football game going up against Zamir White in regards to stopping the running game. My final key matchup, we move off the field to the coaching side of things. Because the coaching side of things in this one is a very interesting storyline indeed, and it's because you have two former Georgia alumni going at it, and that is Gamecocks interim head coach Mike Bobo against Georgia head coach Kirby Smart against both Georgia alums. You know, one's an offensive guy in Bobo, one's a defensive guy in Smart. What is the game plan like? I think it's going to be a, a awesome to watch the chess match. I think it's going to be really, really fun to watch the chess match. What does Mike Bobo scheme up? He's done such a good – I mean, Mike Bobo has literally squeezed blood out of a rock this year. You know, I, I'm critical of him at times. You know, I, I've said things about my opinions as far as do I want to see him kept on staff for South Carolina. Um, you know, Bobo's done a good job, though. Bobo has done a really, really good job, and he's a really smart offensive football coach. And then you have Kirby, of course, on the other side, a defensive-minded guy. I, I say he's Will Muschamp with a better roster. That's just my opinion. But Kirby, either way, a defensive-minded guy. What is that chess match like? And I think it's, you know, again, it's it's definitely a top storyline. Mike Bobo going against his old team. This will be the first time ever that Mike Bobo is facing the University of Georgia. So, again, both guys, Georgia alums, what are the game plans like on both respective sides? And can Mike Bobo scheme something up offensively to give South Carolina a chance in this football game? So, again, my key matchups, Luke Doty against Aziz Ojolari, Ernest Jones against Amir White, and Mike Bobo against Kirby Smart. All right, let's move into the keys to the game. What does South Carolina need to do to give themselves an opportunity to beat the Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday night? Keys to the game, and they're presented to you by our friends over at My Bookie. Guys, between the NFL, college football, there's no shortage of games to watch, and with thousands of lines available in all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday with My Bookie. Guys, if you're the type of person that likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. Guys, of course, don't forget the underdogs, right? They have a ton of value. Think about college football, the NFL. The underdogs really never are dogs, right? Every team truly has a chance to win, and you do as well. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets, it's never too late to get on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Guys, you can sign up today at mybookie.ag. And when you do, use the promo code GAMECOX to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. Guys, it's a no-brainer. It's a win-win. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start in your winning season. So again, guys, that's promo code GAMECOX. Promo code GAMECOX for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, president, presidential prop bets, college football, NFL, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at 
my bookie. All right, let's dive into the keys to the game, guys. And I want to start with this. I talked about earlier the chase to 1,000 yards. Well, ground and pound is a key to the game for me. South Carolina is going to have to find a way. And this is a stingy Georgia defense. Again, 2.5 yards per carry is what they are allowing. Can South Carolina get any semblance of a running game going? Because if you can't, you're not going to have a chance in this game at all. Um, ground and pound, though. My first key of the game, getting Kevin Harris going. This offense, no matter who's at quarterback, this offense revolves around Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris has to get something going on the, on the ground. Could not do that last week. Can South Carolina get him going in this football game? My second key to the game, I talked a lot about Luke Doty. Everybody's looking forward to Luke Doty getting on the field Saturday. My second key, let Doty loose. Hey, screw it. Again, like we said last week, what do you have to lose? Your head coach has been fired. Okay, what are you really playing for? Take the reins off the kid. Let the true freshman go out there, use his athletic ability, and let him loose. Hey, there's going to be growing pains. Totally fine. He's going to have freshman moments and freshman mistakes. That's fine. But again, I think this is what South Carolina fans have been saying all season long. They'd rather go down swinging with the quarterback of the future than play it conservative to only lose by two touchdowns with a Colin Hill. Fair, unfair, or indifferent, I think that's how fans feel. And I think it makes sense, to be totally honest. So again, my second key to the game, let Doty loose. Take the reins off the kid. Let him use his athletic abilities. Let him use his God-given talents. And just roll the dice and see what happens. Fairly simple. My final key to the game, again, I've talked a lot about that Georgia offense. How do you make Georgia one-dimensional um, you know, because you're going to have to. Again, to have any chance, you got to make the dogs one-dimensional. you got to take away one or the other. My final key to the game is this. Kind of like I just said with Luke Doty and offensively and, and, and you know, let, let, take, take, the, take the reins off and let him go. I say the same thing defensively. And I thought you saw T-Rob, by the way, call a beautiful game last week, especially in the second half against Mizzou. My final key to the game, bring the heat, man. I mean, you know what they have in JT Daniels. You know what they have in the running game. Make them make plays. Because you're certainly not going to win this football game. You're probably not even going to keep this game competitive if you just sit back and just let Georgia do what they want to do. I, I just don't think you give yourself a very good chance to win the football game if you do that. So bring the heat. Bring the pressure. Find a way to get after JT Daniels. Make him make quick decisions. Force the issue in this game. Again, if you lose, fine. You're a three-touchdown underdog, fine. But go down swinging in the process, if nothing else. So, again, my key's the game. Ground and pound, let Doty loose, and bring the heat. My key's the game. All right, that is my breakdown of the Georgia Bulldogs, guys. To hell with Georgia. Should be a fun one on Saturday for sure. Let's go ahead. No news and notes, really. The only piece of news that really just came out while I was recording South Carolina's exhibition against Coker was canceled due to some COVID issues with Coker, apparently. So 2020 strikes again. Um, no Gamecocks basketball on Wednesday night. Also, do want to give a shout-out to the Gamecocks women for taking care of business in their exhibition on Wednesday around noon. They absolutely destroyed the College of Charleston. So Good start for Dawn Staley and that crew. And again, Gamecocks men's basketball will, will officially begin their season Saturday 
against Liberty at 4 o'clock. Should be a lot of fun. All right, let's go ahead. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive into these listener questions and voicemails. And we'll start with a very, very funny voicemail, by the way. That is my guy, Eric. Eric, I appreciate the voicemail. If you guys don't know, he's doing an impression from the movie Sling Blade because he says that uh, Mike Bobo looks like the guy from the movie. So very good stuff. Great impression, Eric. Appreciate you, sir, for the call. Um, (laughs) Thank you for providing us all a laugh. All right, let's get into your listener questions. And by the way, while I I pull these questions up before we do... um, I will make a comment on one thing that I saw on social media. DJ Swearinger giving his opinion on some things that were said by Israel Mukwamu. Um Wow, what a savage. Uh, yeah, yeah. DJ Swearinger is a complete savage. So that is uh, that is the best way to put it. And guys, my apologies. I'm trying to find... Trying to find these questions here. For some reason, I cannot find the post. Here we go. Okay. Let's go ahead and dive into these. Mike.Edward07. Does South Carolina have a chance? I'll ask you this, Mike. Did South Carolina have a chance last year? I mean, we know the odds aren't good. We all understand the, the challenge that's ahead. But, I mean, did they have a chance last year? That's my question. Uh, way underscore lengths and chances we can stop Georgia on offense. I, I think, you know, it's it's crazy that I feel better about the defense now without JC and Izzy than I did before. But I think if nothing else, you know, I, I expect T-Rod to have a good game plan. I thought he called a really good game last week. And I, if, I expect if nothing else, these guys are going to come out and bust their ass and play hard. So can you fully stop them? I highly doubt it. But I, I don't know. I, I I feel decently. I feel decent, and I I don't think Georgia's some offensive juggernaut either. I know JT Daniels balled out last week, but I think South Carolina will be able to hold Georgia at bay enough in this game. We'll see though. Um, WM Thames difference going into this game than last year. I mean, well, you don't have JC Horn or Israel McQuamu. Ryan Holinsky's not your starting quarterback. The game is in Columbia instead of Athens. Um, <laughs> so ju- just a few differences my guy also you don't have a head coach you know so th- there there are certainly some differences between the two years adam underscore madison can Doty produce enough energy to make it a game are d gonna have a tough time i mean it's, it's gonna be a tough time all across the board um really excited really intrigued to see what luke Doty can bring to the table 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, man. You got it. You got to, like I said, you got to let Doty loose, man. You got to take the reins off and say, here, young man, go out there. Here's your opportunity. So you got to give him a chance. Um, Jay painter 71, any chance the next coach isn't Beamer at this point, Gamecock legends approved. Yeah. There's a lot of momentum for Shane Beamer, man. When you get the vote of confidence from Marcus Lattimore and DJ Swearinger and Melvin Ingram and Steven Garcia and Pat DeMarco. And I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know, there's a lot of momentum in Shane Beamer's corner. Uh, David underscore Barnes, 76. Who catches the game-winning touchdown on Saturday? Uh, I'm going to go off the wall, Nick Muse. A moment of redemption for Nick Muse. So, final question here. Dylan O'Shields, 0-1-2. Will Shai Smith be playing? And if not, how long is he out? They're not 100% certain. I, I'd bank on he will be out this weekend. I, I doubt Shai Smith sees another snap this season. I, I just think being in concussion protocol, he most likely will not play against Georgia. And I mean, I think for Shy, man, he, he he's given you all he's had this year. And obviously, he's got his sights set on the NFL and and going professional. And, you know, why, why would he put that at risk for, like, the Kentucky game? You know what I mean? So, um I doubt he plays against Georgia, and I, honestly, I doubt he plays another game this season for South Carolina, which is unfortunate because, again, he has uh, he's done a fantastic job for you, and you can't say enough about the job Shysmith has done, honestly. So, uh, again, guys, thanks so much for the questions, voicemails. Guys, thank you so much for always being interactive, uh, interacting with the show. Got a fantastic conversation now, guys. Obviously, the hot topic to talk about right now is the – coaching conversation the coaching search if you will and I brought on the perfect guy to do so former Gamecocks offensive lineman John Strickland who I actually had on last year's show in December recapping the Clemson game I was taking a look at that John was on the show about a year ago bringing him back on he was also on the Letterman call on Saturday you guys may have seen the Letterman call um, where Ray Tanner actually sat down with the Letterman, got their feedback, got their thoughts on everything. So we talk about that, the coaching search, what he's looking for. We do talk a little current-day Gamecock football as well. We talk about this Georgia game and the rest of the season. A ton to get into, guys. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to tune in. Thank you so much for the love, the support. I truly do appreciate it. And on this Thanksgiving Day, guys, I tell you, happy Thanksgiving, and I'm thankful for each and every single one of you that supports the Spurs Up Show. So, guys, again, as always, I am Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. Appreciate you tuning in. Enjoy this conversation with former Gamecocks offensive lineman John Strickland. All right, joining us today once again on the Spurs Up Show. He was on a year ago. It's been a year too long, but just to remind you guys, played offensive line for the Gamecocks 2000 to 2004. He was part of those South Carolina teams that won back-to-back Outback Bowls, named to the Remington Award watch list in 2004. A big part of the Gamecocks offensive line, and now, arguably, a big part in finding South Carolina's next head football coach, we could say, John. John Strickland, appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's a man. pleasure to have you in the studio. Yeah. Again, like I said, we did this a year ago, and uh, it's crazy how much can change in a year, but really, really pleased to have you on, man. It's awesome to chat with you. Yeah, good to be here. So, yeah. So, we'll, yeah, we'll go ahead and dive into it. Like I was telling you off air, man, obviously the last time we had you on, we talked a lot about your career at South Carolina, winning back-to-back Outback Bowls. Obviously, you were an anchor on the offensive line for Carolina, and I, it's funny, I, last night I was going through, like, all the old pictures and stuff and kind of all the, all the old games and the memories. You see, I've got the Outback Bowl hat on, but right now we're talking about the current state of South Carolina football, sort of what's going on. You Obviously, Will Muschamp uh, being relieved of his duties just a few weeks ago. Obviously, we're talking during Georgia week. I, I want to ask you first and get your take, because I remember very vividly last year when you came on that, you know, again, I kind of went rogue last year with the whole – must champ takes and I think people started to 
I say started to come around, but I, I think it just became apparent this year that a change was needed. But I want to ask you, because I know you were very much pro Muschamp, light Muschamp a lot, whatever. Um, were you surprised, I guess, that the hammer came down when it did this year, coming basically in the middle of the season? And I feel like it was something you, you probably could feel it too, like when you lost to Texas A&M and you sort of felt the pressure getting to this incredible level. But were you surprised, I guess, that, that it came down when it did? Yeah, I was, I was actually surprised. I just figured during this whole crazy pandemic year, um, I thought that even if we only won three or four games, uh, coach would be back next year. Mm. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I, I, I was surprised for sure. Uh, just, just because it's during the middle of the season, you still had three games left. Two of them I thought were very, very winnable games, Missouri, mm. Kentucky, uh, of course the Georgia game, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was I was surprised it happened. But uh, you know, just hearing from Coach Tanner, he just uh, I think him and uh, Caslin just basically felt that I guess now's the time to do yeah. it. And let's uh, look forward to something new. Yeah, do you feel like I feel like it's one of those things, man? Where because I I, I sort of. I sort of echoed the same thing in the preseason where because of the COVID and the economic, I mean, we've all dealt with 2020, you know what I mean? It's, it's been a crazy year. Um, I even flipped and said, I thought there was no way Muschamp was going to get fired this year. Unless South Carolina went like 0-10, 1-9. I mean, it had to be a complete yeah. disaster. Yeah. And But I think, you know, I feel like it's one thing to say that in June, July, even August, but when you get in the middle of the season and you see it playing out on the field, and you, and I think really what did it, man, was – basically being a repeat of last year where you beat Georgia and Athens and you're just unable, you squash all momentum you built from that. And I went on Eric Kimry's show and talked to Kimry. I know Kimry's a guy you know very, very well. And he talks a lot about like building momentum within the program. That's just something we were never able, when we got it, we were never able to hold on to it and build off of it. Like, and it, it was the same thing it looked like this year with the Auburn game where it's like you come out, play really well. And, you know, I, I went to Baton Rouge and I'll tell you that that week was as, exci as exciting a week as – you know, I can remember, and uh, for Carolina football, at least in a, in a while. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think it was a repeat. But really, my main point was, I think it's easy to say that in the preseason and during the summer, and like, oh, no matter what, he's back. This is a this is a mulligan. It's a, you know, it's, it's, this year doesn't count, whatever. But to go through it, I think, and then see it on the field, I think you you saw just how difficult that is for for fans to swallow and administration, and obviously, Castle and Tanner, if they're willing to pull the trigger so yeah i mean you you win that auburn game and uh you felt like uh, i mean i thought the team had played well mm -hmm. the entire year even the yeah. florida tennessee game i mean both of those games there's just a ham just just a few plays that mm -hmm. decided those games i mean so we were very competitive and then we take care of business at vandy you go to uh you go and play auburn here at home who's a Look at them right now. Mm -hmm. Real, they're a really good football team, and uh, you, you beat Auburn, and uh, then you go on the road at LSU, and yeah, I mean you got some guys banged up, but I mean that was just uh, giving up fifty. It was too easy. Fifty-three. Yeah. Fifty-four. Fifty-two points. 52 points yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah. To a true um, freshman quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was just, and then to go to watch LSU score eleven points again <laughs> next week. 
and uh but didn't yeah, sit well with the home crowd <laughs> yeah no it didn't um and then the of course we'll come back and the a&m loss was yeah probably one of the worst losses i've seen um actually it's one of the worst losses i've seen since i've been a part of carolina since 2000 yeah i mean yeah there's been some bad ones but you know scoring three points and giving up 48 yeah. points i mean uh, that was rough and i think that got the got the wheels really mm. really turning yeah um you know i like i've told you i really like will muschamp he's a great guy the few times i've been able to just hang around him um and and he's a football guy mm. i mean I, i'll never forget the first time i got to hang out with him he just sit there and we literally ask him question after question about football which i'm sure he was like eh. mm. but then but i think he really liked it just because yeah. he's a football guy yeah. but uh uh, I think uh, he's just – he had some bad luck here uh, mm. with with defensive injuries specifically mm. over the years. Um, so, but, I mean, it is what it is. It's part yeah. of the game. And uh, so, they just decided to move on. So, I, I think the writing was on the wall, though, yeah. after the A&M game. And then you got to <clears throat> old Miss and give up 57 yeah. points. And u- ugly doing. I mean, it was – there was a yeah, lot of ugly, nah, ugly spots it in that bad. game. It um, was bad, but you could tell – uh, a lot of missed assignments. Yeah, uh, a lot of young guys playing in that game, and mm-hmm. uh, they, Ole Miss just exposed us. I think we were playing probably too basic of a defense for some of the young guys that we mm-hmm. had out there playing. Right. And Lane Kiffin, I mean, he's an offensive guy. He just he <laughs> yeah, he'll really expose you. He'll expose you. Yeah. I do. I'm glad we got you. Since we're talking about this current team, before we get into the coaching stuff, obviously we got the picture on the uh, the TV there. I mean, you were an anchor of the offensive line, and uh, you center, right? You're center. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love talking to former offensive linemen because I always tell people, and I know I probably told you this last year, that I think the most interesting thing is that, you know, I talk ball, we all talk ball, but the people that didn't play, especially that didn't play offensive line. You can talk offensive line, but you really don't know what you're talking about because it's yeah. just the intricacies. It's so it's so uh, in depth. It's so complex. And I mean, just having Brad Lawing in here, hearing him talk about it from the defensive yeah, Brad, side, Brad he was a mad man. scientist. Brad is the man. Yeah, that I, dude. That dude's a mad scientist. I heard him on Kimberly's podcast. Yeah. He's a legend. The first time, and uh, I can't remember either. Kimberly or Jeff Barnes were like. Mm. And you got to listen to this, and yeah. I listened to it, and I could listen to Brad talk about football. Yeah all day long yeah i mean he, he's literally a mad scientist but the reason i talk about that i want to talk about your take on this current team and the offensive line because anytime you've got a rusher like kevin harris only 125 yards away from a thousand yards i know that's something you can attest to you take pride in as an offensive lineman getting your guy to a thousand and especially this year i mean i think it would be i, I sure hope he hits it I, i'm just thinking in my head you got georgia and kentucky and i think he should be able to because kevin harris your bell cow back the way he's ran the ball year obviously it speaks for itself but uh what have you seen from the Gamecocks offensive line? Because obviously I think Sidarius Hutcherson is the true leader and the anchor for them there at the guard position. You got Eric Douglas, Jovan Gwynn, Dylan Wanham, Turnantine, other guys that have played big roles. But just your overall thoughts. I mean, again, I know they've had troubles in pass pro, and I, I think I would attribute a lot of that to. I mean, listen, it hasn't been perfect, but when you've got a guy, you know, not knocking him, but when you don't have a very mobile quarterback and you know, you allow defenses to pin their ears back, it, it's just gonna make it nearly impossible. I think it was I think it was Kimry's show. Maybe it was Jeff Barnes. Maybe it was somebody else. But they were basically talking about offensive line play and like the uh, the tackle position, where it's they're talking about like it's the only sport where you're you're moving backwards and like keeping you're having like basically talking about how hard it is. Like it's like the hardest thing to do going backwards, keeping your balance. And there's a guy that's 
way more athletic than you, a lot quicker than you, and you got to try to like keep him off the quarterback. But um, just again, talk about offensive line play, what you've seen. Again, anytime you've got a guy that's close to a thousand, you, you've been doing your job, if nothing else, in the running game. So, what you've seen from those guys up front this year? Yeah, I think for mostly the overall, uh, the offensive line has played really well this year. Uh, Hutch has played really good. Mm. You know, I tend to draw myself and watch the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, that's where your eyes every, go in a game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. Uh, you like to see what happens, and then you go to where the ball is. Yeah. Uh, but I thought they played really well. Um, you know, there's been a couple games. Here's a problem. So, we've had some some sacks given up, and I know you talk about Colin. Yeah, he's not the most mobile guy, but a lot of these games, well, yeah, most of them, we've been down. Mm-hmm. So, we've yeah. had to throw the ball yeah. or – I uh, like the Florida game. We just had to come out and Obvious passing whole situation. second half. Yeah. So, obviously, that's going to lead to more pressure, more sacks. That's yeah. just, it's just the way it goes. Uh, the A&M game, nothing was working. We're trying to throw the ball. Same thing. Uh, so, that's just kind of how it goes. But I think overall as a whole, I think the offensive line's played really well. You know, Coach Coach Wolf, I mean, he's he's a first-class guy. He, he really does mm-hmm. know offensive line play. I mean, there's a reason he's with the 49ers. There's a reason he was a head coach at Youngstown State. Mm. I mean, the guy just knows how to coach. So, <clears throat> I think the offensive line as a whole has play, play, played very well. And, yeah, speaking of offensive linemen, I mean, to me, the two hardest things to do as an offensive lineman is a center reaching on a reach block on an outside run play. That's super hard. So, you got a guy who's just as big as you. He's probably a little more athletic than mm. you are. And he is a whole foot and a half <laughs> to the side you're running mm-hmm. the ball, and you have to get around and reach him while snapping the ball at the same right. time. And then the other one is blocking a defensive end who yeah. who is just who's built like a uh, or not built. He's built like a big tight end, mm. but he moves like a outside linebacker right. safety, you know, and kick sliding, yeah. going backwards, trying to block that guy to keep him off the quarterback. Mm. It's, a, it's a tough deal. That's why those guys get paid so much in the NFL to yeah, do exactly. it, right? That's, that's why those, exactly. left, those left tackles are paid very yeah. handsomely to do their job. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so let's move into the coaching stuff, obviously, because like we were talking about off-air, it's pretty well publicized at this point. I'm pretty sure the state put out an article and others have, have talked about it on social media. you got the, the Letterman hat on. Obviously, you guys had a – had a meeting of sorts on Saturday, Zoom call with Coach Tanner. And I think the thing that's been really interesting with this, whether guys have been voicing their support for, you know, the popular name, Shane Beamer, Billy Napier, whoever it is, you've seen a lot of, I think, former players come out of the woodworks, at least on social media, and they're, they're, they're letting their voice be heard. You know, I was able to talk to guys like DJ Swearinger and Aldrick Fordham and, and these other, you know, South Carolina greats, if you will, that, um, yeah. you know, they've all got opinions on it. They've all got opinions on what they'd like to see, at least see from the next head coach, the qualities, but let's stick to that, that call first. Obviously you don't have to go in any great detail. Obviously what's behind closed doors behind closed doors. But I think they said there were what about 40 to 50 former players uh, on there. Was I it think pretty good bit? Yeah, it was a good bit. I mean, it was, it was yeah. a lot. I just saw the names keep yeah, yeah. piling on. I mean, I was probably one of the first 20 to get on it. And then yeah. you just see 
I see all my former teammates <laughs> names popping up. Right. Entered the combo. But so uh, yeah, I was just gonna say, just like the you know, again, you don't have to go into great detail, but just like what did you feel like the overall vibe was from that? Did you feel like it was a productive meeting? Obviously, you guys were able to to talk to Coach Tanner. Um, yeah, just the overall vibe from it. Yeah, yeah. I won't get into too much detail mm -hmm. on what Coach Tanner said, but I'll kind of give you some ideas of what uh the the players, our thoughts were. Um, so basically we kind of threw around there was kind of four names really thrown around mm -hmm. uh that the a lot of the former players mentioned they put in cue before we got on the call mm -hmm. uh just so that the names were thrown out there obviously coach tanner is not allowed to directly comment on mm -hmm. anything can't do it right. uh so we just basically we got on there uh some guys gave their opinions asked questions uh, I more or less just sat back and listened, but I did submit a question, but I think so many of us had the same question is what are we looking for in a coach? Mm -hmm. um, and basically, are you willing to take the advice from former players mm -hmm. that have been there and done that? And obviously he is, or he wouldn't have took a zoom call with mm -hmm. us. Right. So we know the answer to that. And coach, coach Tanner, I mean, <clears throat> he's, he's one of, he's one of us. Yeah. Okay, so he's been a coach. Uh, that that's that's what he is, yeah. and um, so basically we we threw out the names. Obviously, there was Shane Beamer mentioned, there was Napier mentioned, Deuce Staley, uh, Chris Rump, uh, and obviously Hugh Freeze was mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. That was kind of the five names that were mentioned by former players. Um, basically, I think the the expression that all the former players <laughs> gave is. You know, we want to see somebody here that actually wants to be here, mm. that wants to be in South Carolina, that thinks South Carolina is their dream job, and that really cares about the university, mm. uh, the people around the university, the former players, and the fans as a whole. Mm. Like, they want somebody who actually cares about this university. And we would like to see mm. – some of the guys who are former players that are coaching today have the opportunity to be in the program in some way, shape, or form, whether that be as a coach, administrative role somehow. Um, but that's that's kind of what our sentiment was to, to Ray is to let him know that this is how we feel and this is how it should be done because you look up the road at Clemson, so just go through and look at all their yeah. analysts, coaches, administration <laughs> mm. roles. Tons of guys. I mean, just for example, they just brought back brought back a CJ Spiller, I think, over the summer yeah. or something like that. So tons of guys that all played football at Clemson. Mm. So that's what it's about. Right. Okay. That that's where that family. Yeah, there's type so of many qualified guys that I played with or that played after me mm. that are coaches right now. Uh, One of your guys, I think, Nashawn Goddard. He's a you, I mean, you got, I've, I've had him on. Yeah, yeah you got Nashawn. Uh, you got Cedric Williams. Yeah. You know, Cedric's done all kind of stuff with the NFL, mm. uh, being a college offensive line coach at Georgia State. Mm. Um, I mean, you got guys <clears> like that. I mean, you got Jeff Barnes. He's a great mm. uh, O-line coach. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on with the list of guys. I mean, I was just talking to Dondrell Pinkins yesterday. And I mean, he's a head coach at Pelham High School, and he was a head coach at his former high school. Right. And he's been doing nothing but winning. I mean, that's all he does. And then obviously, you got Rod Wilson that's on staff now. Uh, and then, 
you have Connor that's that's around. Mm. So I mean, there's just a lot of guys out there that we want to see uh, that I think deserve a true shot and mm. being on staff that I think are just as good as any other assistant coach you could go hire yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me personally, Eric Kimry. Yeah. He Eric <laughs> yeah. is offensive minded. Listen, I'll never forget this. We were in when we were in college, just hearing Kimry talk about football. Hmm. We were like, dude, Kimry's gonna be a <laughs> great coach one day. Obviously, he has. He's won like yeah. forty seven. Just won a state, state title. Titles. Just won another one. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, that's that was that was more of our sentiment. Like. That's what we wanted to get across. Uh, we gave our list of kind of who we thought deserved, but we wanted to make sure that they cared about the university, they wanted to be here, and that former players yeah. had, a, had a chance to, uh, you know, be within the university. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, I'm just curious to get your take on this, John, because and I, I could be wrong because, I mean, I, I don't remember much of the coaching search from – 2004 or 1998 or but I'm just curious to get your take obviously I'm sure you love that obviously and I think it probably means a lot to all the former players that you know <clears throat> the university is getting you guys opinion they're getting your take on it they're not just going about their way and, and picking whoever you know what I'm saying they're getting you guys feedback why do you think that's such a big point of emphasis this time around as far as like because I've heard and I agree with you I think the culture fit might be the most important thing here and like you're saying finding a guy who wants to be here it's his dream job it's not just a stop along the road but i'm curious why yeah, do that you sets the culture yeah why do you, yeah. i'm saying why do you think because I, I don't feel like that's always been the most important thing like why do you think this time around that is there's so much emphasis on that i think you see it so much more in college football today uh you look at lincoln rally mm -hmm. you know look at look at uh I mean, just look at a bunch of guys who are at their university right now. Uh, are their staffs are mostly uh, former athletes that played there? Uh, those teams are winning. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think there was – some guys felt some disconnect, I guess, with mm -hmm. this uh, past uh, – not all, but I guess some felt disconnect with uh, – where where we were with Coach Muschamp, uh, which I don't totally agree with that because Muschamp did more for the former players right. than's ever been done in the history right. of the school for former players. Mm. Uh, he took care of us. I mean, I can well can't right now because of COVID. Right. But I can go to the indoor any day I want, just go work out, right. do whatever. Uh, I've got rehab. Mm. I tore my calf. Called up there, Clint Haggard took care of me, rehabbed me. It's not like I had to go pay money to go right. get rehabbed. I mean, stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I think some guys felt there was a disconnect with them, um, and they just want somebody that actually cares about South Carolina. And I think that's why Shane Beamer's name comes up. Yeah. I think if Shane's hired, I think you're going to see some yeah. quite a bit of former players around administratively or on mm -hmm. the coaching staff. Uh, the guy was born in the state. Yeah. Um, and this, this, from everything I know, this is Shane Beamer's yeah. dream job. Like he would love to have mm -hmm. this job. I don't think there's anybody else on the list that would want to have this job more yeah. than him. So <clears throat> I think it's just all about saying, <clears throat> want somebody who loves this place. It's going to actually change the culture yeah. and not just talk about it. Yeah. 
Well, let's, let's talk about Beamer a little bit because I, I think it's been really interesting because that, that's the hot name floating around right now. And it might not be Shane, but that, that is certainly the hot name. And when you're getting the endorsement and the vote of confidence from guys like Marcus Lattimore, DJ Swearinger, Steven Garcia, Pat DeMarco, Devontae Holloman, I saw this morning, you just keep going down the list. There, there's a reason your name is the hot name right now. So talk about Shane. If you want to mention other candidates, just like the pros and cons you feel like of, of guys that you feel like are on the short list right now and and just what, what do you think, I guess, of the names that are floating around right now, in, including Shane Beamer? Yeah, I think – so I got to know Shane when he was here from 07 to 2010 um, just because I wasn't that far removed from the program. You know, I was there in 04 and um, <clears throat> come, and I used to hang around the coaches. And uh, so Sh- Shane's just a great guy. I mean, he's very enthousi- enthusiastic about football. Um I think the only negative that people want to look at, which I don't really look at it, oh, he hasn't been a head coach. Mm. He hasn't been a head coach. I mean, guys, he's been around a head coach his entire life, one of the all-time greats. Um, He's been at big-time programs. He's been under Spurrier. Uh, He's been at Georgia. Uh, He's at Oklahoma right now. And at Georgia and Oklahoma, he was the assistant head coaches at both places. Um, and the guy can just recruit. I mean, mm-hmm. he can flat out recruit. He, he works, he works, he works. Um, so that's my thought on him. <clears throat> Napier, I don't know a ton about him. You know, I know some of his background. Um, I really, to be honest with you, I don't see any negatives with him, on him right, nor right. Beamer. Mm-hmm. And this is just my opinion. Yeah, yeah. You know, not everybody yeah. else's. Yeah, I, I don't even look at them as negatives, but like I was just telling it, there's pros and cons to yeah. every can. You know, so, you don't, there's no like Spurrier and O4 where it's yeah. just like a no brainer. You got to hire the guy. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's not a bad thing to say. I mean, there's, there's a risk with everybody, but that's why you roll the dice. You, you yeah. take a chance. I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, I, the other names that have been thrown around, like Hugh Freeze, um, I just, with the baggage he has and yes we we, we and i don't i don't think it would fit the dream job category i don't i I don't don't know if it would either i don't know if it would either uh so i think the baggage is the only thing you worry about him and does he really want to be here right that that's 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 the cons on him does he jump in two years for tennessee or auburn or some other job exactly so that's that's the cons i have with him um other than that, I mean, I think he'd be a great hire. Right. Uh, but that's my two cons with him. And then you look at, like, Deuce Staley. Man, I think Deuce Staley would be a great hire here, too. Uh, I don't know the whole rule. You know, yeah. he hasn't finished his degree. And the other thing you look at with Deuce is <clears throat> he's he's on a fast track yeah. to become an NFL yeah. head coach. If, if that's the case, which I promise <laughs> you, Deuce would love to be here more than mm. anybody on the list. That, mm. That's a fact. Yeah. Uh, but Deuce is just on that fast track to NFL head coach. So. Got a th- he's got a good thing going. Yeah. So <laughs> why would you want to? I don't know. Maybe I mean, who knows? Maybe he does want to come <laughs> back here. You know, I haven't talked to him, so I could yeah. tell you how he feels or not. But there's, there's, it's the good life being an NFL head coach <laughs> versus a college head coach because right. you don't have to be out on the road yeah, recruiting yeah. all the time. You're so hanging back. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's a difference there. So. That's kind of uh, that's kind of the four uh, mm-hmm. that have been hot, hot like mm-hmm. that that I know are being very much considered, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of my cons. I mean, really, I don't have any cons with Beamer, mm-hmm. 
and I don't have any cons or Napier. So to me, that's, that's my top two choices. Right. Obviously I would love Deuce to be here too, but right. like I said, with the NFL stuff yeah. and the degree thing, I don't know how that all works out. I think that kind of puts him, puts him out, but man, to be honest with you though, if it wasn't the case with the degree thing or whatever, I think Deuce would be a home run hire. Yeah. It'd be a home run hire yeah. for here. Uh, I think I think for recruiting yeah. morale culture everything yeah i think that'd be an awesome hire too i'll ask you again getting back to you sort of already kind of mentioned it um as far as the things you're looking for as far as the culture fit and somebody who wants to be here but what else are you looking for from the next head coach specifics like maybe it's scheme wise or offensive minded defensive mind like like what what are the qualities and, and, and the things you want to see from the next head football coach to be honest with you i want to see a score 35 points plus a game. Mm. So I want to see some offense. I want to see some fireworks. But then I also want to see a strong defense. Mm. I mean, I want to see a strong SEC defense, which is getting harder and harder nowadays just mm. with all the prolific offenses that are out there. Uh, but that that's that's what I'm looking forward to is I want to get somebody in here uh, that's going to, you know, make some good coordinator hires. Mm. That's what I want. I want some good coordinator hires to come in here. Um, but yeah, all offense. I want to see some offense. Yeah. 35 plus. Yeah. yeah. I, that's just the way the game's going. I mean, yeah. you have to score. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just the, the rules even are made for offense. And I mean, like you said, man, it's just, it's, it's a tough living to try to win games 20 to 17 in 2020. It's just damn near yeah, impossible. Yeah, man, that's rough. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it used to happen when I played. But, yeah. Uh, it just, um, well, except for fewer Steve Spurrier. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, for sure. So, before we get you out of here, John, we are going to talk a little bit. This current team, obviously, it's Georgia week. It is Thanksgiving. Technically, this is coming out on Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving, by the way. Yeah, it's rivalry week. Hate, it's rivalry hate, week. Hate Georgia, which yeah. I hate more than pretty much Clemson. Yeah. That, you know what's funny? I used to hate Georgia more than Clemson until Clemson started winning. And then it, it got pretty unbearable. But, no, my uh, my hatred for Georgia is very much up there. I grew up like on the border of South Carolina and Georgia, so you, you obviously get it from the dog fans. And uh, yeah, the Gamecocks coming in this one, looking to make it two in a row over Georgia. Obviously, that huge upset last year. Listen, we all know the challenge going in this game Saturday night. You're probably going to be starting a true freshman quarterback and Luke Doty, which I think is going to be awesome. If it happens, be it'll be it'll be awesome. It's exciting. It, it'll get you on the edge of your seat. But we all know again. The task at hand, Georgia, what they bring to the table. JT Daniels now been inserted. He throws for 400 last week, and I, I'd say they probably have one of the one of the better defenses in the entire country. I'll ask you, not even so much on the game Saturday night, but this this rivalry as a whole, because I, I would certainly call it a rivalry. Um, and it's one of those games, you know, when you talk about rivalry games, throw the records out the window, and these and literally the picture we have on the TV is against Georgia, which is kind of ironic, but. Uh, you know, when these two teams go on the field, throw the records out the window, you never know what's going to happen because the familiarity between both sides with Georgia guys and South Carolina guys on each of the respective rosters. What are your memories from the uh, from the South Carolina Georgia series? Because obviously you were on teams 2000 and 2001 that were able to get those guys. And those were two incredible games for different reasons. Um, and you've obviously, again, played between the hedges. You've played them in a sold-out Willie B. Like, what's what do you remember, your memories from that Carolina-Georgia rivalry? I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think for most fans would agree with me. Besides the Clemson game, this is the biggest game of the year. Uh, this is one that it it is a rivalry game, even though before two thousand, because from two thousand to two thousand twenty, 
I, I don't, I, I'd be willing to bet that it's close to even mm. on wins and losses. Except Georgia's had our number here for what, besides last year, yeah. I guess about three or four years in a row. But other than that, I mean, it's been a, <clears throat> it's a super close game every time. Mm. When you got Georgia on the schedule and it's Georgia week, I mean, just especially me being from Georgia, mm. the juices just get flowing a little more. Uh, I, I, I don't know why. It just, uh, <laughs> It, 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 get, it gets everybody excited, but <clears throat> it is a hard-fought rival because you have guys on both teams from each state. You have guys uh, from South Carolina that play on Georgia. You have guys from Georgia that play at South Carolina, whatever. And a lot of those guys played against each other in high school. Mm. Uh, there were several Georgia guys that mm. when I played, I played against in high school. I'll never forget mm. the starting D tackle for Georgia. Me and him played against each block. I blocked him in high school, and I blocked him in college, yeah. too. So, it's just kind of one of those things. But uh, to me, there was nothing better. I mean, mm. the, the Georgia game is just a great game. I mean, the the 2000 Georgia game was wild and mm. crazy. Uh, I was getting redshirted that year. So, I actually sat in the student section <laughs> and got a little out of control. I ran out on the field. Uh, and, uh, then I wind up running into the locker room, uh, after the game, just to hear what coach had to yeah. say, but, and celebrate with my teammates. <clears throat> and, uh, but 2001 was a great one too. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they've all been so close. I mean, 2002, the, the yeah. pitch to Pinnock and man, that one hurt. Man. <laughs> that, that was the Pollock game too. It was just, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That, that game. Whew. I hate even talking about that game. And then the 2004 game my senior year, I hate talking about that one too because yeah. we were up 16 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. We were up 16 to nothing at halftime. I think Georgia was ranked like number three yeah. in the country at the point. Um, but that that one, and they, they come back and beat us. We didn't score a point the whole second mm -hmm. half. We actually it – was, it was very reminiscent of 2002. We're down there on the goal line. Uh, I think it was a fourth and one. And Coach Holtz decided, hey, we're going to run a naked bootleg and just let Don Drummond <coughs> run it. Mm. And I did not want to do that. Yeah. I wanted to line up, yeah. quarterback sneak, let's get the first down, then let's get the win. Well, it wound up not working out. Uh, they wouldn't listen to me, I guess. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, man, the Georgia rivalry is something that's it, – it's real. I mean, even though Georgia has owned the series. And, you know, I grew up a Georgia fan, uh, but uh, – I think that's part of the reason I don't like Georgia is because Jim Donnan, he was a coach, only signed – or no, didn't sign – I don't think they signed one offensive lineman mm. my senior year coming out of high school. So, they didn't offer me a scholarship. So, I was like, you know what? I'm Just, going somewhere else. So, basically, my two choices schools came down between Auburn and South Carolina. And uh, I, I came here on my visit and just kind of loved it here. Mm. And, uh, coach, coach Holtz, uh, kind of helped on that too, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's what I think of the, the Georgia week, uh, is it's a big time game. And, uh, but as far as the game this Saturday, I think there's just too many defensive guys yeah. opted out, uh, are injured for, yeah. for us to have a chance. In yeah. This game. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. You you hear Bobo going down the list of guys that are banged up. And I mean, it's that time of year. I mean, you're late in the season, but it's like, good God, are we going to have enough to field a team? Yeah. You know what? He <laughs> said it yesterday. There were 16. I didn't realize it was that many. I thought it was about 12 or yeah. about 12, 
but he said 16. I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. 16? <laughs> Sit down 16 scholarship guys. Think about that. Yeah, that's, that's, that hurts. That and there's hurts. only 11 guys that play on that side of the ball yeah. on the field at a time, and there's 16 scholarship players out or yeah. injured or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a challenge. Like I said, it's kind of ironic this game falls during rivalry week, though. It feels very, very appropriate. Uh, last thing, John, before I get you out of here, just really quickly, what, you know, obviously, again, the, the challenge that's at hand this Saturday, and then you go to Kentucky to close it out. And obviously, it's been a tumultuous season, especially the last couple of weeks. You you lose your head coach. Um, just what you want to see from this team the last two weeks. Is there anything specifically, I mean, other than going out there and, you know, like we kind of said last week, playing for the name on the front of the jersey, just playing your tail off and whatever happens, happens. Well, obviously, that's a big part of it. You want to play hard. I want to mm-hmm. see that. They did play hard last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually thought they played super hard last week. Uh, the defense looked great last week. Uh, you know, the second half, mm-hmm. I actually went back and watched the game because it was just on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I flipped it over to SEC Network, and it was on TV. So it was the second half. But watching those guys on defense play the second half, dude, they were excited. I mean, every time they were making plays, I mean, they were – it was like – it was a big-time, you know, top yeah. five game. I mean, that's how the right. guys looked on the field. And uh, so you want to see that. But I just want to see some progression, especially from some of the young players, mm. especially at wide receiver. And if Doty's playing quarterback, you know, I, I want to see what he can do. Mm. Maybe a full game by himself with arguably one of the best defenses yeah. in the conference. So – I don't know. We'll, uh, I'm more or less just right now, just looking at the young guys and what we have coming back for next year mm-hmm. and what the future looks like. Uh, that that's kind of what I'm I'm looking at in these next two games. Uh, I think the Kentucky game is very winnable. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Actually, I don't think Kentucky's that good. Their <laughs> offense has went down to two. Yeah, so. I'm surprised how bad they've been, honestly. Yeah. I thought they were going to be much better. Yeah, so uh, – but, yeah, I just want to see guys play hard. And, uh, you know, all these coaches on the staff, they, they they need the guy to play hard because guess what? They're coaching for a job. They're coaching for a job, whether it's here or somewhere yeah. else. So, yeah, I um, yeah, just want to see the guys play hard, man, give good effort, which they did last week, even though we lost the game. Um I don't know what was going on with the offense first half, but mm. whatever. Yeah. Well, John, good stuff, man. Like I said, it's a pleasure. Obviously, we had you on last year getting you on again in the studio this time. But, uh, it, you know, obviously, it'll be a very interesting next few weeks with the coaching search and obviously closing out the season and, you know, truly just an, a new era of Gamecock football beginning. So, I appreciate you uh, you coming by, sharing your insight, and, you know, definitely have to get you back on because, like I said, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And, obviously, as we begin this new era, it's going to be – I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it, forward to it. You know, like I said, you know, I was a must champ guy. Love Coach Must Champ, but uh, you know, it is what it is. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what happens here over the next uh, probably two weeks. Yeah. I think is when we'll get an announcement. Yeah, new beginnings uh, I th- for sure. I think two weeks, and uh, so yeah, let's beat those Bulldogs somehow, <laughs> some way, and uh, and basketball game tonight. Looking forward to that. Yeah, so. absolutely. He's John Strickland. I'm Chris Fultz. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on an episode of the Spurs Up Show.